0: We'll tell... I think this thing's on, yep. Second chances. How many second chances have I gotten? That's, that's an awesome song. No, I don't think I need it. I'll move it back. I got it, I got it. You got a guitar. That's heavier. It sounded amazing. That was awesome, Jen. All right, we're studying James, and this is the end of it. We're actually finishing up a series called... What's it called? Just keep faith. That's what it's called. And we're opening up our Bibles to James chapter 5. I'm going to start with verse 13. I'm going to read to the end of the book. And if you have a Bible around, I don't know what page it's on. Are any of you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. And pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human, being just like us. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth yielded its harvest. My brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and is brought back by another, you should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. And in this tradition, I say, this is the word of the Lord. And you respond, thanks be to God. I titled this sermon, Captain Obvious, because James, he brings up some questions, and the question, the answers are obvious. Is anybody going to have trouble? Yes or no? Yes, we're all going to have trouble, right? Uh, If you think that's false, see me after the service. I have some bad news. Are any of you going to ever be happy? Yes, you're going to be happy. Is anybody going to get sick? I think I feel a little sick right now. Just no, I don't. Are any of you going to sin? We're all a bunch of sinners. And so James ends this monster of a book. This book is, is, this little letter is so powerful. And it goes straight to the soul, straight to the heart of stuff. And he raises these no-brainer questions. Is is Captain Obvious. And then he gives some, some really practical advice. He gives some truth to just put straight in us. And it's hard. You know, it's harsh. It's hard and it's tough. Uh, but it's James and it's God working through James. So he says, if anybody is going to be suffering, They should pray. If anybody's going to run into some trouble, we should pray. There's a good book out there. It just came out by this woman named, I forget her first name, but her last name's Cain. And the title is Stop Acting Like a Christian and Be a Christian. James is that caliber. And he's calling us to that message. He's not, stop, stop talking about prayer. Stop thinking about prayer. Start talking to God. It's not rocket science. You know, it's, you just, you just start talking to God. You know, and a lot of people, they don't feel comfortable. Well, I don't feel comfortable praying. I, uh. This is this is this goes for all four of these things, but I was seventeen when my my little brother was born. Is Andrew? He's in the room. He's a cooler version of me, skinnier, tattoos. He's kind of tough as nails. I love that kid, but he was seventeen, and I was seventeen. I was junior in high school, graduated, went to Fullerton JC. Go Hornets! That's cool rules, by the way. I don't know if I I I. Anyway, uh. And so I was living at home, biking, a real winter, uh, living at home, biking to college. And, uh, my, 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 little brother's a baby at this point, you know, and I, uh, he smells, you know, like he's wearing a diaper and he's done some stuff in the diaper and he stinks. And, uh, my mom goes, Hey, why don't you change Andrew's diaper? And I said, uh, I don't change diapers. (laughs) My mom came over and just got this close to my face. I don't know where you heard that, but you change your brother's diaper. (laughs) And so I changed his diaper. Got me ready for being a dad. Because every dad in here, you know, you have that moment where, like, I don't change diapers. And then your kid has poo all over the place. And your wife's like, you deal with it. You're a dad. You change diapers. You're a Christian. You pray. You talk to God. It's not. It's not an if and or but. It's not. It's not like if you feel like it, you do it. It's you do it. That's that's what it is. And then he says, if you're happy, you sing. And now this is a big hurdle for San Marino Community Church because I've been here when Richards up here just leading like crazy, and everybody out here is looking stone faced, angry at Richard. I've been there. Have you been here on those Sundays? <laughs> I'm sure even just during that last worship set, there were some people thinking, man, I'm standing too long. Man, this is painful. I don't know if I can do this. If you're a Christian, you sing. You worship. I used to work with uh, people that got out of prison. The uh, well, ex-cons, that's what they are. I used to work with ex-cons down in Newport Beach. I that was I ran a worship service. I was the men's minister of this thing called Northeast of the Well, and Northeast of the Well is it serves the homeless shelter of Orange County. It serves Teen Challenge of Santa Ana, and it serves Heritage House of Costa Mesa, which Costa Mesa, Costa Mesa, which is a halfway house for teen uh, and pregnant moms who just uh, gotten out of jail or out of juvie and stuff like that. They don't sing; they yell. You go into their service, and they're screaming. They are yelling. They're, it almost sounds like they're angry at somebody. They're just yelling. Every ounce of them is just yelling it out. I once asked this guy, huge guy, a lot of guys in here. I ask him, Hey, why don't you sing? Oh, it's not really tough. I don't really sing. I don't really do that. You know, it's not really cool. This guy is cooler than anybody in this room. He's like six, seven tattoos all over the place. He could throw this whole row. Out of the building. Just swoop him. He's just huge. He's huge. And when he sings, he yells. And he's got every ounce of it into it. And he's praising the Lord. And he says, I guess, what the heck? Why do you guys sing so much? And why do we who have everything don't sing very much? We're all stone-faced and kind of angry at the Lord or something. I don't know what our problem is. And the guy said something I'll never forget. He says, the day that God turns me away and doesn't forgive me is the day I stop singing. Our God deserves it. Our God, it, he, he, he demands it. He says it all throughout scripture. He says, if you remain silent, I'm going to make rocks and trees sing. Because I'm that important. I deserve it. You, you walk in here, I'm just too, too cool. I, you know, I earned six figures. I don't need to sing to anybody. My voice sounds terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Fill in the blank. You're stupid. Close your mouth until it's time to sing and then sing as loud as you can because our God deserves it. Okay. I gotta settle down a little before I start punching people. Okay. If I pass out, Dick, you gotta run and get me water. And then he's, he pauses. James pauses. On, and these, these, these first two, they're difficult, but they're not as difficult as the next two. He pauses on the, most two, the two most difficult. He says, if anybody's sick, don't go to the doctor. You heal them. You heal them. We haven't taken our faith out for a testament. I had a theologian professor, he says, "Um, we're like billionaires Yet we hang out at thrift stores and slums. God says, Jesus walking around on the earth said, If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. A mountain. We are ambassadors. Therefore, we walk into this earth, we carry God's power and God's name with us. I once met a missionary, he's, he's, he's working in the Holy Land, and he said, people don't listen to me until I've healed them. God's power needs to come before God's message in his ministry. I walked I, wa- I walked with him around Brea Mall, and he was healing people. There's power. We have all this power. And it's, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything that's not right here. It, kind of, it sounds freaky. Glenn, you, you can heal people? What? James says, this guy Elijah, no different than you. He sweat. He, you know, he, he had trouble. He had bad days. There's days he didn't want to get out of the cot. I guess they slept on cots. But this guy was just like us. And he talked to God and he made it stop raining. And then he talked to him again and rain came down. You want to hear a cool prayer story? I was working at Forest Home. This guy named Barry Martinez. He was my boss. And it was a week-long program. Around the Thursday or Friday, there was the Jesus message. To come to Jesus night. And... This was like the sixth or seventh weekend. And Barry pulls me aside right before the, the, the students show up at Forest Home. And he says, I want, I want you to pick out somebody and pray for them to see what happens. I was like, okay, I'll do that. No skin off my nose. I'm going around deaning the cabins, which means I just walk around the cabins, make sure nobody's killing each other and losing appendages and stuff. So I'm in this one cabin, and there's this kid. He's bouncing off the wall. <laughs> he's ADD, no meds, just, just going nuts, just doing super fly snooky off the top of the bunks and just running stuff. I was like, I'm going to pray for that kid because <laughs> that kid's crazy. And if I don't, I, he might kill me. So I just started praying for this kid. Comes around decision night. I've been praying for him fervently all the time. He, we almost sent him home three times. Like he was just doing all kinds of things. He was breaking every rule there was at Forest Home. Yeah, I got some funny stories for that for another time. Uh, but uh, he, he, he's doing all this. It, it comes down to decision night. I'm praying. I'm like, whew, okay, God, I hope you're moving this kid's life. Kid comes forward. I tell you, moving a mountain is nothing compared to moving a soul. That kid walked into that room, a non believer, he walked out a believer. He walks forward. Doesn't stop there. After all the decision time, I'm hanging out. I just go up to him. I'm about to tell him that um, I've been praying for him all week. He turns to me and he says, Jason, for some reason I feel really close to you. And I just feel like a failure. I can't do this anymore. And he starts listing his sins. He starts listing where he's fallen short. And God... Boom, he falls into me. And I got to be the mouthpiece that says, you know, in the middle of that worst sin, God is screaming, I love you. I got to be the one to do it. And it's because I prayed. Jesus, uh, or James says, if you got some suffering, if you got something, you pray. And if you got you got some reasons to praise, you praise. And then he, what's this one we're on right now? We heal. We heal. We're a healing balm in this place. The great physician needs you, needs you, needs you, needs you. The great physician needs us. We are his plan A in this world. And then he he ends it with this: "The confess. If you got sins, confess." I used to have a professor. His name was Ray Anderson. He was. If you've he's Ray is he's Carl Bart. I don't know if anybody's read any Carl Bart, but he's a. Great theologian. He's just a, just a redo of Carl of Bart. He's read so much Bart, he became Bart. And uh, this Ray Anderson guy, I remember one time in one of his classes, he was saying, "We should sue most churches for spiritual malpractice. because people are coming and going, and the church is saying they're forgiven. When they're not. The church is handing out. Band-Aids. When people need surgery. The church is. Is lying. And taking the easy route out. What he meant by that was. We've stopped talking about sin. We've stopped talking about our need. The church has stopped looking like AA and it's become a country club. We have a bunch of people that look really shiny and happy on the outside, but that are walking out of this place dead inside. Because they haven't heard that they have flaws. They haven't heard that they have sin. They haven't heard that they're messed up. We've skipped over it and said, we're, we love you, which is great. But well, we first need to start and pause for a second and realize, I'm messed up. If you saw me right now for who I really am, you would run. I have thoughts and desires that are sin. They're wrong, and I'm not alone. I'm up here in a microphone and sweating like crazy because these freaking heat lamps. But I'm not alone. The person to your right and the person to your left needs a savior. I don't care how good they look. I don't care what they say, what's coming out of their mouth. They are messed up. They have flaws just like me, just like Malia, just like Ann, just like Dale, just like everybody in here. I want to plug everybody's name in here because we're all messed up. This should, be a, this, this should look like Sinners Anonymous. This should look like we walk in here and we drop off all the flaws and Jesus gives us his righteousness. But we're not doing that because we hang on to our own righteousness. We walk in here. We don't even sing, which I'm still mad about. And then we leave and we're not forgiven. And, we're, and I'm to blame. The church is to blame. But you're also to blame. We need to take our masks off. Obviously, this is too big of a room. So if we we start, <laughs> I just had a picture of somebody saying, uh, I'm a thief. And anyway, <laughs> it's not, this isn't the place for that. But this is where I am not leaving this room until I say, my wife is the pastor. I am simply the front man. My wife started this service when she started Circle of Women. My wife started this because that's the real church. The real church happens on Thursdays when these women gather and they take off their masks and they say, I have some flaws. I need you to forgive them. Notice, you don't forgive each you don't you don't ask for you don't confess to God. You confess to each other. You confess to each other. There's something that happens. And AA found it out a long time ago. There's something happens when you say your flaws and then someone else says their flaws. There's a healing that happens. And all of a sudden, these two failures start holding each other accountable like sponsors. And they conquered the biggest mountains you could possibly imagine. I've seen it over and over they stole that from us and we need to steal it back and we need to be all about it. If you're a guy, find Steve Todd after this. Get in a small group with him. Get Dale Pearson. Go to Circle of Women if you're a woman. I don't, you say, oh, I, don't, I don't have Thursday mornings free. There's a Monday night one. Get in discipleship. That's what it says. That's what, this was what James is talking about. This is what he says. He says, we get together and it's not just a, Pat each other on the back and say, man, your dress looks awesome. Man, you look really good in that suit. It's about dropping my sin in his lap and him dropping his sin in my lap and we getting confessed and healed together. Jesus the Christ. Boom. All right, that's it. That's my fourth sermon. Sorry about that. One, two, three, four. Got it. What do we do? That last paragraph, he says what it looks like when, what happens when we start doing this. We start walking in this room, we start singing. We start walking in this room, we start living our lives, we, we are talking to God all the time. When we start healing people in the name of Jesus, the Christ, when we start confessing our sins to one another, what happens? He says it becomes like, it becomes like a magnet, People. Becomes like something this world hasn't seen and they start tasting of it and they never want to leave. They start seeing it and they want to go there. They start being around us and they want to be like us because we are like Jesus. That's what happens. That's our gospel message. It's our lives. Stop acting like a Christian. Start be a Christian. Just keep faith. Now I'm going to transition. Transition and call for the offering. We're going to pause for a second. And I just want some silence. I want some stillness to seep. Maybe God's calling you to talk to him more. Maybe God's calling you to get over yourself and start singing. Maybe God has you in the middle of somebody's struggle because you're supposed to be healing. Maybe you need to confess something today. Maybe you need to find a, a brother or sister in Christ that's safe and drop that stuff at the feet of the cross.